baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We're learning it took two missiles to shoot down the unidentified object over Lake Huron on Sunday. The first missile missed. On our newsline, CBS News military analyst, retired Army Colonel Jeff McCausland. Jeff, thanks for being with us. So with all this fighter jet technology we have, how did we miss on that first shot, do you think? Well, first of all, this, of all the objects so far, I've been told was the smallest of all of them, number one. Number two, you got to understand the radars, just like or the long-distance radars on a fighter plane are to orient on a larger, metallic, fast-moving object. This is a slower, potentially non-metallic uh, object, uh, which is obviously moving very slowly across the airspace. But it obviously indicates it's not as easy as one might think. And I think it underscores, perhaps to a degree, why for the Chinese balloon, after all the arguments we've heard, why didn't we shoot it down immediately? Well, one of the reasons for that was for that particular engagement by a fighter, and I talked to some fighter pilots about this, the maximum altitude for an F-22 is about 50,000, 55,000 feet, balloon at 65,000 feet or more. So when that engagement occurred, the missile had to go up another mile to get to the balloon. If there good, something had gone wrong or they had missed that shot, then you've got a missile coming down over U.S. territory, which is not, a, not obviously a good idea. In this case, engaging it over Lake Huron, Obviously, this errant missile just splashed into Lake Huron. This object over Lake Huron, they say, was about the size of a small car. Could they shoot it down with something else besides a missile? Could they just, like in Top Gun, switch to guns? Possibly, but again, engagement becomes difficult because you're moving so fast. You know, in Top Gun, you're engaging targets, other fighter aircraft, that are moving at about the same speed that you are. If you're flying along at several hundred miles an hour and I'm engaging something that's moving very, very slowly, that becomes a lot more problematical. What, what do you make of this recent series of unidentified objects? <clears throat> the one over Alaska, the one over the Yukon, I think they were both balloons. I think we're going to find they were commercial or private activities, quite candidly. And why we're discovering them now is, you know, our, our radar systems for NORAD, are primarily oriented on much higher altitudes than even 70 or 80,000 feet. They're oriented to pick up incoming ICBMs that will arrive on a ballistic trajectory that are large, metallic, fast-moving objects. Or they actually orient much lower, even below 40,000 feet, where bombers and fighters would come in. Again, large, metallic, fast-moving objects. The airspace in between, and for something relatively slow and non-metallic, is something the radars either don't look at that often, or have trouble identifying. So I think that's one thing we've learned from all this. And the reason we're picking up more now is in the aftermath of the Chinese balloon, NORAD has said they've recalibrated their radars to look in that space between maybe 50,000 and above, where below that is civil aircraft, and up to, as you get to the out reaches of outer space, where we'd expect ICBS. Great explanation, as always, from CBS News military analyst, retired Army Colonel Jeff McCausland. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Oh, and one more note from Jeff, that missile that splashed into Lake Huron after missing the target, that cost $400,000. Wow. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did